Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Ethical, a podcast series written and produced by Kate and Zach. I'm Kate, here to talk to you about the ethics behind Harry Harlow's experiments on rhesus monkeys during this episode, Harlow's Mad Monkeys. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach. During this episode, we hope to inform you about Harry Harlow's monkey experiments on social isolation and motherhood attachments and express our personal opinions on the controversial topic. Harry Harlow was an American psychologist who studied human behavior and maternal relationships. He contributed to our understanding of social relationships that are created during the crucial years of a child's life that greatly affects their development. Before Harlow's work, psychologists believed that the infant-mother attachment was primarily based off of a biological need and therefore was necessary for a child's adequate development. In other terms, the child grew in attachment with the mother because of the food she provides for the infant to survive. However, Harlow disputes this theory through his experiments analyzing mother-infant relationships on how and why they grow, and we will discuss these results throughout our podcast. He uses rhesus monkeys as test subjects because this breed of monkeys showed the closest behavior to humans. Imagine what it would be like to be torn apart from your mother at birth and put in complete isolation for up to the first year of your life. This is what Harry Harlow did in his first experiment, measuring the effects of social deprivation in rhesus monkeys. He put the infant rhesus monkeys into 10 boxes where they could not see or hear any other social stimuli. And additionally, the researchers were not allowed to have any physical contact with the monkeys. The purpose of this experiment was to study how the failure to make an attachment affected their behavior. A sample of monkeys were chosen to stay in complete isolation for various amounts of time, such as three months or six months, and worst of all, some monkeys were put in isolation for the first year of their life. These infant monkeys suffered total maternal deprivation that gave them no opportunity to form affectional ties with their peers. It is even said that the separated infants showed lasting deficits in core neurobiological functioning, such as failing to develop the ability to organize emotional behavior when stressed. These poor monkeys were unwillingly locked up like prisoners and treated like test rats instead of like the living, innocent animals they are. Well, Kate, the monkeys weren't necessarily locked up like prisoners. In fact, the chamber is constantly illuminated transmits sounds, and affords relatively adequate opportunities for expression and exploration, which gave the monkeys some freedom to be independent and learn. But also, they're just animals, so to be honest, why does it just matter? There's millions of monkeys out in the world, so sacrificing a few monkeys for this important experiment isn't bad. There's no way he could have known what this experiment would do to them. Another thing is that, according to Harry Harlow, human isolation is recognized as a problem of vast importance in society. So I think taking a few monkeys to learn how to fix this problem isn't as bad as society has made it out to be. And before doing the experiment, Harlow also assessed the effects the isolation had on intellectual development through learning tests, which included discrimination, delayed response, and learning set formation. These results concluded that all the socially isolated monkeys learned effectively after being removed from the social isolation cages. So in fact, this showed psychologists that the intellectual mind is far less crippled than the social mind. Of course, Harry Harlow didn't know the detrimental effects his experiment would cause, but the way it was conducted was inhumane. 
And yes, he did analyze the intellectual abilities of the monkeys after isolation, which had a surprising conclusion. However, his main purpose for this experiment was to see how the affected monkeys this affected the monkeys socially. In order to do so, Harlow measured the effects by comparing the social behavior of pairs of the isolated monkeys with pairs of equally aged monkeys raised in partial isolation. When the monkeys were first moved from isolation, they went into emotional shock that consisted of autistic self-clutching and rocking because they were so afraid of the new changes in social interaction. Also, when the isolated monkeys were placed with the socialized monkeys, the isolated monkeys began self-mutilation, tearing hair out, scratching, and biting their own arms and legs in order to cope with the new situation. The monkeys had suicidal aggression towards themselves and others. In the three-month isolation group, one of the monkeys died after release from emotional anorexia because it refused to eat from the shock. The researchers even had to resort to force-feeding the monkeys to keep them alive. Does force-feeding monkey, infant monkeys sound ethical to you, Zach? Well, the data indicated that the effects of the three-month socially isolated monkeys were dramatic but reversible and later adapted to the normal sequence of social behaviors after a couple weeks spent interacting with non-isolated monkeys. I understand your concern. The monkeys did go through a lot, but if the monkeys are refusing to eat, then I believe it is ethical to make them eat to continue on with the experiment. But enough with that one. Let's talk about Harlow's other experiment. Another more ethical experiment conducted by Harlow was the wire monkey experiment. It is considered to be Harlow's most famous experiment. He created two mother-like dolls. One was made out of soft terry toweling cloth and provided no food, while the other was made of wire but provided milk from an attached baby bottle. He placed these mothers in the cages of infant monkeys to see which surrogate the monkey preferred. This study showed that the monkeys would only interact with the wire monkey for milk, but stayed with the cloth mother for an extended period of time. By choosing the soft cloth mother, this showed that like human infants, they become attached to their mother and quickly learn to use her as a secure base from which to organize the exploration of their immediate environment. It is also said that the surrogate mothers were more effective in decreasing the youngster's fear. Okay, but you also forgot to mention how they were unwillingly separated from their mothers at birth, just as the first experiment with complete social isolation, and were raised by wires and cloth that again hurts their ability to form real attachments. Harlow also, believe, Harlow also believed the monkeys weren't traumatized enough during this experiment, so he placed a stimulus to scare the infants to see if the infant clung to the cloth surrogate mother or the white sur surrogate mother who provides food. As a result, when the terrifying loud stimulus appeared, the infant monkey ran to the cloth mother for safety. Harlow even concludes that these infant monkeys were more timid, easily bullied, couldn't mate or be adequate mothers due to the trauma from this experiment, thus making them unable to live in the environment. Okay, but the evolutionary theory of attachment suggests that children are born into the world biologically pre-programmed to form attachments with others because it's what helps someone survive. An infant produces social releaser behaviors. Crying and smiling stimulate responses from others to take care of the baby. Care and responsiveness really is what attachment is. Good point, Zach. These experiments did contribute important information to studies for psychology. This did help progress the society's understanding of human behavior, yet he still harmed innocent animals for his studies. Exactly. 
Harry Harlow contributed a lot to the attachment theory. The attachment theory explains how parent-child relationship emerges and influences subsequent development. This theory was originally created by John Bowlby, who worked as a psychiatrist in a child guidance clinic in London back in the 1930s. The children Bowlby worked with were all emotionally disturbed and needed proper caregiving and affection to develop correctly. Harlow's research contributed to our understanding of the importance of caregiving, affection, and social relationships early in life. He was also named president of the American Psychology Association, which is a very high honor in the field of psychology because of his influential experiments that changed psychology's understanding of social relationships. Yes, his work with the attachment theory was a huge contribution to psychology, but ironically, the APA is what shuts down his work in 1985 because they had finally realized it was unethical. After Harlow published his experiments, there was public uproar about the ethics of his experiments and grew into one of the most controversial topics of psychology. Critics claimed his, experiment were, his experiments were ethically thoughtless, exorbitantly expensive, and degrading. This led to an investigation on the ethics of his experiment, and although it was legal at the time, the APA decided to create new guidelines in order to prevent another public controversy. That is true, but can you explain what exactly the guidelines are for today for an experiment to be considered ethical? Thanks for asking, Zach. According to John Gluck in his reflection on the ethical paradox of Harry Harlow's experiments, there are new expectations that in order to ethically experiment on animals, the researcher must be able to ethically justify the claim that the research is essential and necessary, and also direct observation of the laboratory and experiments is recommended to avoid potential claims of unethical treatment of animals. Although these are suggestions, these guidelines are a result of Harlow's controversial experiment that sparked animal activists to speak out against unethical treatment. Wow. Well, I didn't realize that Harlow had caused such an uproar that guidelines had to be modified. However, I believe that these experiments were justified based on his contributions to psychology that led us to better understand the importance of maternal care and affection that can drastically affect a child's behavior and development. I appreciate your argument, Zach. You did make many good points on the ethics on Harry Harlow's experiments, but I'm sticking to my argument that these experiments aren't justified because of the demoralizing way he carried out these experiments and the tragic, tragic revo- results that drastically caused the poor infant monkeys to have no chance at forming relationships or adequately and independently surviving in the environment. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. I hope you can all use our arguments to decide your opinion on the ethics of Harry Harlow's experiments with rhesus monkeys. Thank you for listening. See you next time on Let's Get Ethical and join us for our next episode on Analyzing Little Albert, another controversial experiment.